the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KYCR Golden Valley, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. President Trump greeted last night with an enthusiastic crowd at a campaign rally in Lebanon, Ohio. We have crowds with tens of thousands of people outside of every arena. They have to start building larger arenas in this country. The president says Democrats try to reverse all the gains of his administration and will do that if they can regain control of Congress in the midterm election. They will try to raise your taxes, impose socialism on this country, take away your health care, and take away your jobs. Meanwhile, President Trump is set to sit down today with Pastor Andrew Brunson, who was released yesterday from Turkey and is making his way back to the United States. The White House economic advisor, Larry Kudlow, says the fundamentals of the U.S. economy are strong right now. Uh, despite some losses this week on Wall Street, on Friday the Dow was up almost 300 points. This is SRN. Business owners, how important are your computer systems to your daily business? That's what I thought. Don't let unexpected issues like computer malware or viruses stop your productivity. Locally owned and operated Superior Managed IT has been providing IT support to small and mid-sized companies for over 25 years. Don't wait. Partner with Superior Managed IT so you can concentrate on running your business. Contact Superior today for your free no-obligation consult. Go to SuperiorManagedIT.com. That's SuperiorManagedIT.com. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-607-3551. That's 800-607-3551, 800-607-3551, or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials, or price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Need special boots or shoes for a new job, but you don't know where to start? Step into Chet's Shoes for expert advice and a proper fit. A boot can make or break your job, so make sure you get the right one for you. We have safety toe options in steel, aluminum, composite, as well as regular work boots. Check out our expanded line of women's work boots. We've been fitting people for over 70 years. Stop in to see us in Columbia Heights and our Red Wing stores in Circle Pines, Coon Rapids, Bloomington, St. Cloud, and Columbia Heights. Remember, if the shoe fits, you've been Chats. You're tuned to Business 1440 and the King Banyan Show. Later, Dr. Banyan will cover a range of topics, including phrenology, tide tables, the dulcimer, and his eight-track tape collection. On the board, you will see a cost analysis for construction of a 30,000-square-foot facility, which will encompass both factory and office space, and is fully serviced by all utilities, a railroad spur line, and a four-bay shipping dock. You will see the final bottom line requires the factoring in of not just the material and construction costs, but also the architect's fees and the costs of land servicing. Oh, you left out a bunch of stuff. Oh, really? Like what, for instance? Well, first of all, you're going to have to grease the local politicians for the sudden zoning problems that always come up. That is the kickbacks to the carpenters. And if you plan on using any cement in this building, I'm sure the team should like to have a little chat with you, and that'll cost you. Oh, and don't forget a little something for the building inspectors. Then there's a long-term cost, such as waste disposal. I don't know if you're familiar with who runs that business, but I assure you it's not the Boy Scouts. That'll be quite enough, Mr. Mellon. Sorry, just trying to help, that's all. Now, notwithstanding Mr. Mellon's input, the next question for us is where to build our factory. How about Fantasyland? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
Welcome back, King Banyan Show. Business 1440. 651-289-4477, your number for questions and comments. Thank you for listening today. Glad you can make it. I'm glad you join us here in this hour. Second hour of the show. The sun is trying to squeeze out from all the clouds and maybe add a little warmth to the afternoon. Hopefully your your weekend will include some time to be outdoors because the colors have been fabulous this this fall. Probably a little late for your colors now, but there's still some of it to catch if you if you get out there soon. Uh, anyway, we've been talking about. Um, <laughs> no, there are no there are none of those in my class. No melons. Um, I'm not besides which I'm not teaching right now. So there's that too. Uh, Anyway, um, we were talking about the, the Fed and the Fed, the Federal Reserve. Uh, the, the Federal Reserve comes under criticism in the middle of the, in the middle of this uh, uh, of this decline in the stock market midweek, which I think got I think was set off by what people were saying. There was a kind of a downbeat meeting in Indonesia. I mean, which is too bad. They were in Bali. Now I have been to Bali. This would have been more than 15 years ago, but I've been in Bali once, and there's no reason to ever be sad in Bali. It's just gorgeous. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful place. Okay, and 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 if you... Um, and, and so there was some messaging coming out of there, and I mentioned uh, overnight, overnight, at, while, while the markets in the U.S. were closed, um, John Williams, head of the New York Fed, which is basically... Basically, he's sort of a cross between a president and a governor since he gets to always vote on FOMC, gives this speech in which he says, you know, I don't think I don't think we really know where we're going here. And there's some there's some discussion about about where they're heading. He talks about this idea of our star, which is a, a measure of some long run equilibrium real interest rate, which you can't actually see. You have to have a guess for it. And so questions, so as news from Indonesia comes back into our market, we start to hear other Fed presidents who are, who are on U.S. Uh, stations being interviewed or in, in uh, the United States giving uh, talks or um, being asked questions about, hey, what's going on right now? And so one of them is Charles Evans. He's the president of the Federal Reserve Bank in Chicago. And he is also on CNBC this week, and he gives he gives this response um, this response about you know where the where uh, Fed policy is going. Um, uh, he play cut number three, please. I mean, we're looking at a very strong economy, strong fundamentals, and we're adjusting the policy stance. We've been doing that gradually, increasing rates. We've been moving up. We're targeting two to two and a quarter percent right now. I kind of think neutral is in the two and three quarters to three percent. So after many, many years of accommodative policy, which I have supported strongly because inflation is now up at two percent, it's time to readjust the policy stance at least to neutral. So understand what happened just there. Okay, we might want to play that a second time. So so move it back to the beginning, please, John. Um he says economy is strong, strong, right? As we said, F, the FMC statement uses the word strong five different times. And that was pointed out by, by Williams. So, so there's some coordination, go, not coordination, but you know that the Fed presidents have a, have a list of talking points from the Board of Governors that are sort of giving the Washington view. And they're, they're able to change that. They don't have to follow those if they don't want to. They're independent. They, they have their independence. But... But they say, okay, he says, first of all, we're at two and two and a quarter. We're changing gradually. And then he's going to say, and I'm going to have him play it again in just a second, but he's going to say how many more rate increases are going to have, and he gives a measure of that neutral rate, his view of what the, what the neutral rate is, which is a statement about what that R star is that, that Williams had talked about in Indonesia early, uh, the day before. Let's play this clip again, please. We're looking at the economy. We're looking at a very strong economy, strong fundamentals, and we're adjusting the policy stance. We've been doing that gradually, increasing rates. We've been moving up. We're targeting two to two and a quarter percent right now. 
I kind of think neutral is in the two and three quarters to three percent. So after many, many years of accommodative policy, which I have supported strongly because inflation is now up at two percent, it's time to readjust the policy stance at least to neutral. At least to neutral? I'm glad I didn't tell John to cut it right at that specific spot, but that was perfect. You heard the at least to neutral. So that's provocative because it might mean it means they might go beyond neutral. And so the interviewer, I, I think it was Steve Leisman, um, sort of puts to him, puts to him. So I heard that. I heard that at least I heard that two to four. Does that mean you might go past the neutral point? And this is his answer. Play cut number four. But I kind of think of maybe 50 basis points above neutral. Now, you have to remember there's a lot of uncertainty about neutral. We have different opinions about what that is. There's even different measures in terms of short-run neutral in this longer term that's in the SEP. So we might have to sort of feel our way around that a little bit. But I'm going to be looking at how inflation is performing and uh, the momentum in the economy. So that's really interesting, too. So understand what he's just said. 50 basis points among neutral says if if he thinks neutral is two and three quarters to three, that means he thinks he might need to go to three and a quarter to three and a half. Now, if he does that, the fear in the marketplace has to be, well, that's going to tip over the yield curve. Now, we will note that the yield curve has actually increased. So the difference between the 10-year Treasury bond and a three-month Treasury bill had shrunk all the way down to less than 30 basis points of difference. And that typically means that typically would mean that you think in the long run growth is going to be slightly slower than it is in the short run. Why? You say, well, it should mean that they're the same thing. The growth rate of the economy and the growth and the interest rate should be about equal to each other. When when you when when you've got the long run rate high lower than the short run rate it says i expect growth to decelerate you know in the medium term we got almost to that point but not quite and the reason there's there, the reason i say i say it with some uncertainty is there is a premium give as there's a term premium that goes on to a longer term rate you want to be compensated for the fact that a longer term bond carries more risk than a short-term bond. A short-term bond, if you decide you don't like the price you're going to sell it at, you can just hold it till maturity, get your principal, get your interest payment back, and 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 you're good to go. If you're in a long-term bond, waiting 10 years to get your principal back is a long time, and, and so you're exposed to the possibility that, that you might have to sell that bond before maturity, and you would have to then pay, then receive less than than the face value of the bond, you'll suffer a capital loss. And so you want to be compensated for that risk, and so that means that long-term bonds naturally pay more in interest than a short-term bond does. So when those rates even get close to each other, that could mean that the long-term growth rate implied is lower than the short-term rate. It's possible that we've already got a signal that a recession that that the market perceives a recession to be coming at least or or at least that the growth rate of the economy is going to slow down which you've gotten signals to that effect from the fed of all places though not from the white house the, the and not from congress at least not yet but when he says that i'm telling you mr evans has thursday's stock price decline laid clearly at his desk and to make that point uh, this is uh, phil swagel who used to work in the bush treasury in george w bush's treasury department um i think he was a, a deputy secretary in treasury and uh now is uh teaching i i'm not sure where he used to be at dartmouth i think he's moved i've forgotten where he is now but phil swagel is also on cnbc and he says the following I, I do agree with that, and, and I think the Fed wisely had left a lot of room for two more hikes or four more, hi- four more hikes. And what, what's happened in the last couple of days is we've had this series of Fed speakers who led market participants to think they really meant four, and, and probably a little bit faster than they had implied before. So I, I don't think the Fed meant to do that, and it was just a little bit of a, a glitch in their communication, and, and I suspect over the next couple of days they'll, they'll dial that back. 
And indeed, that's what they're doing. They come out and say, and like, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. And so I think I'm willing to bet that there's an email from Jay Powell to Charles Evans that says, you need to tighten up your language. The communication, the communication um, that you gave was um, not really what we're thinking, or at least it's not what we want the market to believe we're thinking right now. Um, you shared a little too much of the internal debate. Again, I think the Fed is at a point of having this extraordinary debate over what to do with with interest rates, what to do with a balance sheet that's very, very large. As Williams pointed out, as Williams pointed out in his speech, they do not know now if they're going to try to go back. Nobody knows what the size of the balance sheet will be at the point when they decide to stop quantitative tightening. The, the balance sheet has fallen by more than 6% since they started that a, a little more than a year ago. But only 6%. Remember, the, the portfolio of, of bonds that the, that the Fed held um, rose, from about, rose from about $1.5 one to over $4 trillion. So winding that back by 6% doesn't make that big a doesn't make that big a dent in the number. Okay, so you're now down, instead of in like 4.1 or 4.2, you're down around 3.9. Will they ever get back all the way to 1.5? They don't know. They're still trying to figure that out. They don't even know how quite to talk about it with, with market participants. And then to have Evans go on and say, yeah, we're going to overshoot the, we're going to overshoot that that short run real rate and he put all the all the clauses in it. He was sharing an internal conversation just like Trump shared the conversation about about exchange rate policy. Evans was quite revealing in this in in this glass clip of, of uh, in his second clip. He was quite revealing about the debate over over monetary policy that's going on within the FOMC. And Swagel's point, Professor Swagel's point is also correct to say, yeah, we might be a little too far out over our skis. You might have you might have shown a little too much of the hawkish side. Uh, Evans being a little bit more hawkish on on monetary policy than some of the other presidents that are out there, and I think uh, Williams is, as well. So the hawks had a run, and I think they caused a little bit of a pause. But what I think of what happened with that, you know what? We need, to, we need to take a break here. I'll come back and I'll finish this thought. And then we're going to talk about the Nobel Prize and why you should care about who won the Nobel Prize in economics over the last, oh, that happened last Monday. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Hey, I'm Brant. So there's this guy named Jordan. He's a healthy guy. He's a dad of six, and he works as a guide in Alaska. And he goes to the doctor, true story, he goes to the doctor, and he's diagnosed with cancer stage four. And here's the thing. He had switched earlier from medical insurance to MediShare, where Christians share each other's medical bills. So the question for Jordan and his wife, Jenny, was, is this actually going to work? Our medical bills exceeded $160,000. MediShare members shared all our bills. And it was about more than just the money, too. This is a real community. MediShare is, is a family, a group of people that stick with you through the hardest times of your life. I just don't know how I could have done it without MediShare. It's so worth looking into. There's a reason this is growing so fast. So if you want to find out more, here is a number for you. 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-BIBLE. So you've been exploring solutions for your hair loss. You've seen ads from the national chains. You've researched the alternative products that cost a fortune, but there seem to be no guarantees. So here's good news for you. This is Dennis Prager. 
Go to INeedMoreHair.com and see what their hair transplant specialists are doing for men and women like you. The consultations are free. Their doctors have given patients in Hollywood and worldwide a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. You'll see a more confident reflection of yourself. In fact, they guarantee your results in writing, and their prices are some of the best in the business, as low as $3 per graft. So stop searching and go to INeedMoreHair.com. You have nothing to lose. Call their office in Egan for your free consultation. I need morehair.com. Experience you can trust, prices you can afford. Get the permanent solution to your hair loss at I need morehair.com. Take a moment and rate your lifestyle on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 is a life that's nothing like the life you were promised after getting good grades, a college degree, and a good job in corporate America. 10 is the life of your dreams. If you answered anything less than a 10, tune into the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell, self made millionaire and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, will show you how to live the life of your dreams and pay for it with passive income. Listen to the Dell Wamsley Show, weekday mornings at 11, here on Business 1440. If you could build the world's greatest radio station, where would you start? We'd begin by creating a live station that's able to provide breaking news updates. Then we'd install some of today's top political voices behind the mic. Finally, we'd craft a convenient way to listen with a specialized mobile app. No, it's not a work in progress. It's on the air now. AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent radio. Online at am1280thepatriot.com. All right, let's tighten up. Tighten up that interest rate. Come on now, drummer. Come on now, drummer. This is one of my favorite songs, by the way. James Brown covered this. Do you? Don't you love it? I mean, I would. I would absolutely want to be driving, driving on a deserted road to have this playing. It is a great and, tune. And a chance to open up the engine and, and, and let it rip a bit. All right. King Daniel Show, Business 1440, Confessions of Speeding Not Included uh, in, this, in this conversation. Uh, 651-289-4477 with questions and comments. I, um, I'm going to spend some time talking about the Nobel, uh, Nobel Prize in a moment, but let me, let me, just, let me just add this to, to – the, the thought about what's going on with, with the stock market and with monetary policy right now. The problem with looking, and Don um, on Twitter at Pound KBRS asked, well, let's, can we look over at the graphs over the last 20 years? Here's the difference between anything that happened in the past and now. In the past, the interest rate that you observed was the result of market participants setting it. The interest rate had signal quality to it because it was the result of people making buy-sell decisions on the basis of what created their own advantages and their own expectations. And, and with, the, with, the, with the possibility of profit and the pain of loss embedded in it. Interest rates as they exist right now, even in the, even in the long-run treasury market, are still being heavily influenced by decisions of the Federal Reserve. Quantitative tightening, just as quantitative easing was, quantitative tightening is an artificial administered pathway for interest rates. So making a comparison, uh, this goes back to uh, an observation made by the Nobel laureate, another Nobel laureate, uh, Robert Lucas, that was known as the Lucas Policy Critique back in, back in the 1980s was, its, was the height of its popularity, but it still applies today. When you try to use uh, past information to make a forecast about the future, but the policy that generates that path has been changed, your entire structural model through which you try to make a forecast can't use the past information. It exists in a different policy regime than we have 
than, than, than currently exists. The policy regime for monetary policy that happened in 2008, 2009, 2010, first with, the, with, with a zero rate and then adding on the, the, the series of quantitative easings, is a fundamental change in how policy works. There are people at the Fed that I don't doubt yearn to have new policies, but they're not the people who are but but have have excuse me have the old regime back because they had a good grip in the 1990s of what changes in interest rates did to the economy. They don't anymore. They they no longer know when they when they move the Fed funds rate what the impact will be on the economy. They have to so what they have done is we set the path we're going to go we're going to go at this rate and they believe that the only thing that they have available to them is the forward guidance. But now they're saying we're not going to have forward guidance anymore. And if they're not going to have forward guidance, it is no longer clear how it is policy is supposed to work. And so what you're hearing is the, da- the, old, the, the old saw of data dependence. We'll look at inflation. We'll look at unemployment rates. Well, they're both low right now. Yes, Jay Powell says, we're in extraordinary times. Yes, we're, we're, we have to, but, but that's the only thing we have to go by. Okay? That reminds, it, it reminds me of the old Wayne Gretzky line, right? If you try to skate to where the puck is, by the time you get there, the puck's long gone. If you try to set monetary policy based on where inflation and unemployment is right now, by the time your policy takes effect, the inflation rate and the unemployment rate are no longer where they were when you aimed. As Gretzky says, you have to aim to where the puck is going, not to where the puck is right now. You have to aim policy to where the economy is going, not where it is right now. In order to know where the policy is going, you have to have a model. And the model you have, the model you have has to be a model that that is based on... Uh, it has to be a model that is based on what the policy regime is right now. And the Fed is in a new world, so it has very little information about what the policy regime is and its impact on the economy. All to say, they're kind of flying a little blind right now. And I think we got a little whiff of that over the last three days. The Nobel Prize... On Monday in economics, it's the last one they announce, and it's tr- not truly the Nobel Prize, it's actually from the Bank of Sweden, named in honor of Alfred Nobel, was given to two economists, which I found interesting because I, I think part of this was a bit of a slap. There are people that believe that, that this was politically motivated. I'll talk about that after the break, but, I, I, but, but I'll just say, there's... It's a bit of a stretch to connect the two recipients, Paul Romer and William Nordhaus. Paul Romer is, base, is, over the last 30 years, the prime mover of an entire field of economics known as, as, as endogenous growth theory. And I'm going to save Romer for after I finish with Nordhaus. Nordhaus is known for doing works on integrated models of assessing the impact of, of climate change on economic growth. That's the connection they've tried to make. But it's a very, very tenuous model. The models that he created did not include any of the endogenous growth theory that Romer has. So it is tenuous, and I think it gives rise to claims that they kind of put together. Here's my thought. You might, you might, might or might not know that Paul Romer's most recent post, before his current one, was as head of the World Bank, World Bank uh, Department of Research. He was, the re- he was the head researcher for the World Bank, which is a, vi- which is a highly prized position. And the people who have had that, like Bill Easterly and, now, and then Paul Romer, have been people who have been highly thought of among economists, particularly those of us that study economic development uh, around the world. 
But Rober ran afoul of the bureaucracy in Washington because he made all of the economists there upset because he said, your papers are too long, they're too technical, they're poorly written. He would actually edit their papers and correct grammar in them and try to make sentences simpler. And the reaction of the PhD economists that work at the World Bank was, well, how dare you? The political part of this, I don't think, was that they wanted to give, find a way to give Nordhaus a prize. They could give a Nordhaus a prize on his own. There are lots of us that think Nordhaus deserved, deserved a Nobel Prize, including me, but I'll tell you why after the break, because it has nothing to do with his work. It, it actually doesn't have that much to do with his work in environmental, although that clearly was, was what is what he's most known for. But... I think it was a, meant to be a put-down of Romer because he tends to upset people. And so I think it was more it was more not giving Romer a full prize to himself than it was trying to make a political statement through the use of uh, about the environment and climate change through uh, Bill Nordhaus. I'll explain the two of them to you just after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business Is this your course schedule for the fall? Yep. Ah, let me see here. English, good. Chemistry, trigonometry, excellent. World history. Oh, I love world history. Baseball. Wait, baseball? Baseball isn't a course, honey. Well, sure it is, Mom. High school sports are about so much more than winning and losing. They teach lessons that can't be taught in the classroom, like accountability and self-discipline, the value of teamwork. I may not be earning a grade, but I'm learning how to compete later in life. Isn't that what getting a good education is all about? Yes, of course it is. I was just testing you. <laughs> what can teenagers here in Minnesota learn from participating in high school sports? Plenty, as it turns out. That's why they're called education-based athletics. High school sports. There's so much more than just a game. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on that bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say you've got mail. Well, thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play Business Radio 1440. Throw out that old beeper... And get with the times. Listen to your favorite Business 1440 hosts and shows with Alexa and Amazon Echo. Hi, I'm Bill Ingvall, and I'm here with Mike Stahl from Health Markets, a national organization helping folks find the right Medicare coverage. Mike, the news reports keep saying that the rates might actually be going down. The cost of many Medicare plans are decreasing this year. So you have to ask yourself, are you getting the best rate? Health Markets offers a free service with access to thousands of Medicare plans, plans that can eliminate your out-of-pocket costs, plans with $0 premium, and even plans that pay you back. All right, Mike, with the enrollment deadline for Medicare coming soon, what should people keep in mind? With so many new options, it can be confusing. You can get objective help to find a plan that may cost less and cover more. With lower co-pays, more choices like dental, vision, and prescription drug coverage, and the freedom to see the doctors you choose. Don't miss out on savings you deserve. Our Health Markets Medicare assistance is free. Thanks, Mike. Hey, folks, your Medicare is just too important to put off. So call Health Markets today and find out how much you could be saving. Call 800-716-7780. That's 800-716-7780. 800-716-7780. You're finally thinking about retirement, and I'm sure you're wondering, do I have enough money to retire? Will I be able to take that trip, buy that special something, or visit the kids? Now is the time to get your arms around your money, protect and grow your nest egg, so you can live out your retirement dreams. Join us at Online Trading Academy. Call us for a free investing class by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone. Use keyword OTA. 
Again, pound 250, keyword O-T-A. Che Guevara and Fidel Castro fought off the Yankees, yeah, told them to go. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. This is good. I've got to talk about the Nobel Prize, and we're going <laughs> to... This is our bump music. This is awesome. 651-289-4477. Nordhaus, for most listeners here on Business 1440, will probably be the more controversial of the two. Let me say, Paul Romer is certainly, if you're, um, if you're, if you're scoring where they are on the political spectrum, Romer is almost certainly a man on the left, and and I would agree with one observation I read on in the blogosphere this week. He has a Krugman-esque tendency to people who disagree with him. He assumes must have bad motives. I, it's something that I truly, truly dislike in in just about everyone, and and I. I hate it in people from the right and from the left, and I see it from both places. But uh, uh, Krugman tends to do it. I will, spl- but let me talk about Bill Nordhaus first. When I was a a, a graduate student looking for a doctor, uh, looking for a dissertation topic, I landed on a paper he wrote in 1975. There was sort of a classic macro business cycles type of piece, but had politics in it, basically saying. Yeah, that that uh, politicians were inspired to goose the economy before elections and then to shrink the economy afterwards so they could reprime the pump to get ready for the next goosing for the for their reelection campaigns. Um, I actually wrote my dissertation in no small part because Bill Nordhaus wrote wrote that paper uh, about seven years before I started my started my dissertation there was another paper uh, by by an, by another person more in the political science sphere named duncan black that had been the year before but nordhaus's work was the easiest work he was a sort of a standard macro guy did international did investment theory for about a decade or so he then really changes and the work he does on environmental actually comes out much later now now nordhaus is about I think 12 years older than I am. So he's, he's, he's 72 or 73. And, and so he starts this work in the 90s. So he's already an economist who's been working actively for 20 years when he sort of makes this transition. But I will say in the middle of it, there is this absolutely fascinating paper that deserves a Nobel Prize all by itself. And and if they and if the Nobel Committee had thought about it, this was a better tie to Romer's endogenous growth theory than the the climate model stuff. I've actually put on Twitter uh, my uh, at my from my account at Banyan Show a paper that Nordhaus wrote last year, which explains all the climate modeling things. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. I'll spend a little bit, but not a whole lot, because Romer has the more interesting more interesting pieces that I that that fit the theme of, of the King Banyan show and, and why I was really excited that Romer won. I thought he deserved, even though, even though we probably would agree about 10% of stuff politically, his work was really vital to understanding economics. Um, but this piece was this, think about the cost of light. 200 years ago, if you wanted to have light, what did you have to have? You had to have a candle or you had to have an oil lamp. But, of course, an oil lamp back then burned oil that was created through through whales. So getting oil for an oil lamp was very expensive. And in order to have enough light, in order to have the light that came from a 100-watt bulb available in your home in the evening, you needed the, you needed the wealth of a monarch. Think of all the candles that it would have had to burn in a, in a castle in order to provide enough light for you to read the parchment on which the Bible you're reading would come from, let alone the fact that, that, 
that Bible would have been very expensive. But think about the cost of all those candles. That was tremendously expensive. Instead, now, your 100-watt bulb, well, I just went and bought some. And they cost me, instead of cost me a day or two days' labor, the light bulb I buy now, which lasts infinitely longer, it seems, than a candle, cost me about two to three minutes of my labor. That's economic growth. Economic growth is changing the living standards so that, so that, as Joseph Schumpeter once wrote, you know, the queen, the queen of England has silk stockings, but economic progress is the ability to get silk stockings available to the to the women that produce them at 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 increasingly cheaper prices. That's what economic progress is, and that, frankly, is the better tie than the tie of the climate models. Now, the climate models were actually not built, as I said. The climate models are based on growth theory, and the, and the Nobel Committee decided they would make that connection between, between Nordhaus and Romer. But the endogenous growth model of Romer is not what Nordhaus used. Nordhaus used sort of a standard input-output model, which includes energy. Right? To produce stuff, you need people, you need capital, and frequently you need a source of energy. If it's, if it's what I do, I need energy. I need light for my room. I need food so that I have enough energy to get through a lecture or to sit with a student and advise her or him about, about her research. If you're building, if you're, building, uh, uh, if you're producing a radio signal, you need electricity. So energy is an input. Many of the models that we used when I was a grad student didn't have this explicitly listed. What Nordhaus did, so, but they started to, but then once you introduce energy, you introduce this additional thought. The production of energy through fossil fuels creates, creates, uh, a, uh, creates an output, an additional output called pollution. And pollution could be accounted for, or CO2 could be accounted for in the production of energy. But this had nothing to do with Romer. So the models and the models that the Nordhaus produced was simply to say, if you look at if you look at a model of growth that includes energy, and then you add to that the fact that the production of energy can lead to to CO2 emissions, and if CO2 emissions are attached to global warming, then the answer is, in order to make sure you don't have too much CO2, you should price carbon. Which currently, an emission of carbon in many places in the world is free. The pricing of carbon, therefore, implies, implies because the marketplace won't do it because, it's because, the car, because there's nobody that owns the air into which the carbon is emitted, means then that you have to use a carbon tax. Okay? And I can imagine about a third of my listeners just clutched their heart because it sounded like King just espoused a carbon tax. Right? So you're grabbing the chest. Oh, no, King, you didn't espouse a carbon tax, did you? I, what I'm saying is the logic that I just gave you is the logic through which economists frequently end up espousing a carbon tax. Which is, if you're going to do anything about pollution, a carbon tax is in some sense the, is the least harmful way to do it. Because all it does is set a price for the emission of carbon and then allows for the creativity of human beings to figure out how do I react to the fact that when I use energy, I have to pay this, this additional charge. This is not to say, you know, throw on a thousand a thousand dollars per per ton of carbon immediately. Don't you know? That's just saying that. Indeed, Romer wrote about Nordhaus one time and said, "It's a great idea, but the tax should be really, really small." In many of the models that have tried to estimate what should the tax be, 
come back with a tax that adds a fraction of a cent to the cost of a kilowatt hour of electricity. Or maybe a penny or two to the cost of a gallon of gasoline. The size of the tax that would actually put you on a path, and I know the IPCC report came out. I'm not going to talk about that. That, I'll let other people do that. Okay. The size of the tax needed to respond to that is actually not very large. The problem is nobody trusts that. Nobody trusts that tax, and we are concerned about where would that tax go. My view, my view of it would be if you're going to apply a carbon, apply a carbon tax, it is a broad-based tax like the income tax. The revenue from a carbon tax should replace revenue that comes from the income tax. In other words, reduce income tax rates as you decide to apply carbon. I'm not saying, I'm not saying I think we should have a carbon tax. What I'm saying is if you have a carbon tax, the carbon tax should not increase the size of government. It should simply be used to reduce the income tax because, in essence, the carbon tax works like an income tax in terms of, de- of, of placing a, a tax on production. And therefore, you should balance those out. That's what, he, that's what he's arguing, and that's why everyone, everyone has, has an issue with it. But it's not really that big an issue because of Romer. Because what Romer says is, in essence, endogenous growth says, ideas build upon ideas. We're going to take in this last segment coming up to tie those together. How would I, if I had written the Nobel the Nobel Prize announcement, giving the award to these two people, who I would have awarded separately, let me just say that. But if I had awarded them together and I had to write the write it, here's what it would look like instead. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. We gotta have peace To keep the world alive and want to cease Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. Hi, Michelle Malkin here. If you follow my work, you know that one of the biggest outrages I reported on was the trial of abortion doctor Kermit Gosnell. Healthy woman goes into a clinic, comes out dead, and there's no police report? I helped expose the crimes the mainstream media tried to cover up. We had instructions directly from Governor Ridge's office not to inspect abortion clinics. When the producers of the Gosnell movie came to me for help, I jumped at the chance. I personally donated to make sure this film got made. The Gosnell movie opens October 12th. It's amazing. Kermit Gosnell is perhaps the most prolific serial killer in American history. Dean Kane and the entire cast do a superb job bringing this powerful story of good versus evil to the big screen. Nothing that man did that protects women or children. And you don't have to be a pro-life activist to see that. You might be worried that this movie is too scary. It's not. As a mother of two, I promise you, you can and should bring your teenage children to see it. Bring friends and family. You do not want to pass up this unique opportunity to change hearts and minds about abortion. Gosnell, rated PG-13. Message and data rates may apply. Guys. Got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head? Comb it over? Wear a hat? Just stop. This isn't 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to everyone who texts STAR11 to 85850. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part, Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let them show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text STAR11 to 85850. Ask about the Bosley Guarantee. S-T-A-R-11 to 85850. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. If you're young and healthy, you don't need life insurance, right? Yeah, that's what I used to think, too, until my brother died at 38. 
Joe left his wife with two kids, a mortgage, and a stack of bills she couldn't pay. Mary had to sell the house and move everybody into this tiny two-bedroom apartment just to make ends meet. I never want to do that to my wife, so I got life insurance. I called AIG Direct and was really surprised how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. Listen, if you have a family, you should seriously think about getting life insurance. You'll feel a lot better having it. Trust me. Call AIG Direct for a free, no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you could save up to 70%. Call now. 1-800-981-0472. That's 1-800-981-0472. It's not the way you kiss that tears me Welcome back, King Ben Show. This is fourteen forty, and of course you'll get to hear this uh, throwback playlist from our days where John was our regular producer. John, of course, has gone on into bigger and better things, but we had to call it. We had to call the closer in from the bullpen because um, <laughs> our 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 regular producer kind of blew himself up last week. He was shattered. He was shattered physically. Yes. <laughs> I hope he hears this. I suspect we're going to get a little. I suspect we're going to get a little Twitter, uh, a Twitter pounding. Yes. Uh, from Ross at some point. That'll be fun. Um, but by the way, Twitter, the Twitter handle for us, pound KBRS, pound KBRS. Don't forget next Thursday, not this week, but okay, October twenty fifth, seven o'clock at the Radisson Blue at the Mall of America. Dennis Prager, Michael Medved. And Larry Elder, I'll be there along with the rest of the NARN, Mitch Berg, Brad, the closer Carlson will be there and, and you can come to us. Just go to am12athepatriot.com, look for the Battleground Talkers Tour banner, Battleground Talkers Tour. Click it, get your ticket, and we will see you there. Week from Thursday should be a lot of fun. Uh, so let me let me close this thought with, okay, so we talked about Nordhaus and why he won the Nobel. I I thought he would win it at some point. It wasn't a matter of and, – and because my dissertation was based on something he wrote early, which has nothing to do with why he won the Nobel. That paper wasn't important enough to get a Nobel Prize for. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I personally am like, yay, because I know this guy has been kind of a, a workhorse economist uh, for a long time. And his paper on the decreasing price of light, I will tweet it to you after the show's over. It is one of the best things ever. I, I, I highly, highly recommend it. So what did Romer get it for? Romer got it for the observation that growth begets additional growth because ideas, technology, is something gets built up over time. Because it involves human beings getting together, thinking, and building new ideas. So basically, whereas Nordhaus had a production function for, for carbon emissions, Romer had, a, had one for ideas. How do ideas get created? And how do those ideas cause an economy to grow? As as uh, I'm asked on the, uh, uh, um, as I'm asked, how do we know what the price? What what's the cost of the carbon tax? How do we know it? What what's it cost? We're just calibrating models. We don't really know. We do the best we can with with those calibrations. But if you don't think the models are very good, then you're never going to want a carbon tax. Okay. Uh, Sometimes, sometimes people will, will will hear you say that and say you're anti-scientific. Now, I think people who rely on models without understanding the uncertainty around them are the folks that are being actually anti-scientific. The discomfort someone should have about a carbon tax is is quite simple. Okay, we're not sure what the impacts are, and that's why we say of the models we see, the ones that seem to do a good job, the carbon tax is really, really small. And then if you and if you start really small, and then it turns out you need you th- that the model as it recalibrates and as you get better information says you should raise it, you can do that. Okay, and so on. But what what Romer is saying is, all you really need for ideas is you need people to to be together, to have. Okay, this is a guy that spent some time working on charter cities, a city you know where where a city could. A group of people 
could get together and create cities with its own rules. And those rules will al- would allow for interactions between humans that could create new ideas, that could cr- increase production. Pretty much all of growth theory was changed by Paul Romer. Now our focus is, now our focus isn't just on uh, isn't just on exogenous growth, which is the opposite. It gro- exogenous growth means growth that we don't estimate in the model, growth that we don't really understand. We're trying to understand where growth comes from, and where growth comes from are human beings living together, working together, exchanging ideas, and those interactions are why we get additional growth. And for that reason, Paul Romer deserved the Nobel Prize. Okay, yes, he will probably end up in having a column in the New York Times that will irritate conservatives. Trust me, that is coming. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm, all, I'm always positive of that. Okay, but just as I've said Krugman's prize was richly deserved, so too is Romer's. He, he's, he's done a lot. Anyway, next week we're gonna we're, we'll go back to some more of the economic news. I suspect. Okay, the thing to watch this week, there'll be a meeting of the EU on Tuesday. If Brexit's going to move forward or not, will pro- it will probably get a big a big push through the actions of the EU this week. The meeting starts on Tuesday in Luxembourg, and they're supposed to sign off on the exit plan that the UK has given them which has been checkers and maybe a little bit uh, checker, a little bit more or less than checkers, I'm, I'm going to try to find us a guest that will actually help us understand what's happening with Brexit. But that's the thing to watch this week. There'll be lots of economic news too. The new FOMC, the, the new FOMC minutes will be out as well. And so you'll want to be tuned to that too. John, what a pleasure to have you back with us at, <laughs> at least for one week. Always a good Hopefully, time. Yeah, hopefully uh, Ross gets out, gets uh, through recovery and recuperation, and can return to us next week. Uh, I hope so. He'll live. Uh, otherwise, you might. Otherwise, you might be back. And I hope you <laughs> listeners will be back as well. We'll talk next week here on the King Banyan Show on Business fourteen forty. Hi, this is Terry Sandvold, CEO of Sandvold Financial Group and host of Money Talks. Sandvold Financial Group would like to help provide the sturdy foundation for your financial future. We want you to plan for tomorrow, today. Give us a call to attend an upcoming seminar at 952-544-2837. That's 952-544-2837. Or go to helpmeterry.com to set up a no-cost financial review today. Registered representative of and independent of Questar Capital Corporation. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Questar Asset Management. This is Michael Medved for townhall.com. At Cal State Long Beach, a handsome statue known as Prospector Pete will be moved. And sports teams will drop the 49ers mascot because Gold Rush references now count as racist. One Native American activist said that walking by a statue that's put in a prominent place, that's another type of trauma that's being imposed on me. But if the Gold Rush that began 170 years ago was a calamity, then California itself is a calamity. The state exists because of the fastest migration in human history, with nearly 300,000 newcomers arriving to seek instant wealth. They included Chinese, Hawaiians, Latin Americans, Australians, and even Native people from outside California. The gold they drew from the earth built the federal treasury and helped make America an economic superpower for the first time. I'm Michael Medved. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Impacting policy decisions today. Preparing public leaders for tomorrow. For chips, sticks, or cracks, call Advantage Auto Glass. If you're anything like me, the summer road construction did a number on your windshield this season. Hi, John Wichko, owner of Advantage Auto Glass, here to thank you for a great summer and to remind you that with cooler temperatures, those small cracks are going to turn into big ones, seriously compromising the safety of your windshield. Now's the time to take care of them and get that new windshield you've been needing all summer. Call Advantage Auto Glass today at 952-423-6396, and we'll replace your windshield with only the highest quality parts and adhesives. Advantage will come to your home or work anywhere in the metro. We're a local, family-owned company and a preferred shop for all major insurance companies. That means you'll get personalized service, and we do all the billing, all backed by a lifetime warranty. All you do is call Advantage, and we'll take care of everything. And don't forget, you can schedule your appointment on our website at ReplaceMyWindshield.com. That's ReplaceMyWindshield.com. Call Advantage Auto 
Step into Chet's shoes where good old-fashioned customer service is always in style. Check us out today for a custom fitting and friendly one-on-one assistance. Chet's takes the time to get to know you and your job so that we can find you just the right boot. Our friendly staff knows the products we are selling and will never pressure you to buy anything. We've been finding people the appropriate footwear for over 70 years. In a world where people hide behind avatars and get lost in the aisles of a big box store, find friendly faces at Chet's who know and stand behind the products they sell. That's why if the shoe fits, you've been to Chet's. This is Dave Ramsey of the Dave Ramsey Show. Heard weekdays at 5 on Business 1440 KY. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.